morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Man, I just tore a hole in my keyboard on my Surface Pro. Why'd you do that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, stop. <laughs> it looks okay. like you're making it worse. I am. I'm trying to tear yeah, off this well, little piece. Leave it alone, John. Uh, okay, okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Hey, today is Monday. No, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, yeah. You called out yesterday. Yeah, I, uh, so let's talk about that. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We appreciate you hey, listening. Hey, Ray, how's our game? Are we looking okay? Yeah, it hey, looks pretty good. I just put the squirrel on the end of the mic. Fuzzy rabbit. Yeah. Ooh. You like that furry one? Yeah. Do you like the furry one? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty flexible with regard to mic covers. Okay. So let me explain uh, why I called out yesterday. Please. So last Monday, a week ago, uh, we recorded a Facebook Live episode. We did. And my mother calls me like on Friday and says, hey, just, uh, you know, checking in with you, whatever. And she said, I saw your Facebook episode. She said, you touched your nose a lot. Were you sick or something? Oh, and I'm like, you Mama know, knows. I'm like, that's pretty funny because like that afternoon, that night I started feeling a little sinus thing going on, right? A little itch, a little twitch, a little sneeze coming. So anyway, I was tickling your throat. Yeah. We recorded, I think Tuesday and Thursday as well. We did. Uh, but Friday I called out sick. Right. Was sick and, all weekend. And Thursday, you—it wasn't the regular no. John. Yeah, no, I was bad Thursday. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, mom was right. So for like a week, I've been sick with some kind of sinus congestion, headache, uh, sneezing kind of thing. Corona. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what it was. I, I had a little uh, congestion, and I heard that if you put your face over like a pot of steam yeah. pot of water that's steaming right that that would like clear you up so i'm like face down in this bowl of boiling water on the stove inhaling it and it's burning the crap out of my nose <laughs> like up inside my brain and i'm thinking okay i hope this is doing something well, yeah, I, it's I burning think, your face. I, yeah, I think, I, burned, I think I like steam burned my sinuses. Oh, God. And so it's finally recovering. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'll make a full recovery. I right. I've done permanent damage to my sinuses. The skin stopped peeling. Oh, man, it was bad. Third degree burn that you it was steamed bad. your face. So, yeah, that's why we didn't record live uh, video last week. Right. And the reason we're not doing it today is because we didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, tried to go live on Instagram. I, I did. And, it, you know, you called it pilot error, but that <laughs> damn uh, tripod, every time I get it positioned right, and then the phone would fall off. And then uh, I'd get the phone on there all right, and it wouldn't stand up right. And I just finally said, screw it. Screw I'm done. it. I'm done. So anyway, so you, you had a weekend of uh, just kicking back and recovery. Yeah, man, I didn't do much. I. Uh, you still sound a little congested. Yeah, I am a little bit. Uh, but you feel better. Yeah, I feel. I rode the bike this morning. Uh, varied my heart rate from seventy three to one hundred and twenty two. Okay, that's a pretty damn big variance, I believe. Yeah. So how was your uh, how was your weekend? Since I didn't see you since Thursday. Uh, it was good. My I, wife and I got to have a date night. We live like up on the mountain. Yeah. Right. So, so like an hour away from the city. Yeah. 
up in uh, Mont Eagle area, which is very somewhat rural. It's very remote. We, so when we went out, we went to just a little dive in, yeah. um, what, a Tullahoma. They serve uh, canned beer, and if you're fancy, you get a bottled beer. No, yeah, they only serve beer, but you can bring your own bottle and oh. pay a $10 bottle fee. They okay. give us two glasses with ice in it. And, Would you bring a little Moscato? And they have karaoke again, which was apparently a big deal, because they hadn't had karaoke, because that's considered live music. Oh, so what'd it was you on the, uh I didn't. Uh, it seems like you would do a uh, left a good job in the city. It seems like your song. Oh, Working really? for the man every night and day. So yeah, you, I remind you of Tina Turner. Yes, yeah, still what you're I never <laughs> lost a good time. Something, something. I, I wasn't wearing my short skirt. Big wheels keep on turning. That's right. the one I'm trying to Yeah, I can Tina. Yeah, didn't somebody else redo that one? I'm sure many people have redone that one. <laughs> so that's what you say at croaky. No. I didn't sing, is what I said. Oh. Do you call it karaoke, or is it karaoke? Um, I'll usually refer to it as karaoke. Yeah? Just because I think it sounds funny. Karaoke? Karaoke. I think karaoke sounds funny. I think karaoke is a more commonly used term. Yeah? Hey, Ray, let's talk about some current events. All right, go for it. All right, I have one saved story on uh, LinkedIn. Okay. And I cannot find it, but here it is. It is posted by a gentleman by the name of Manny Loreno, I would pronounce it, L-A-U-R-E-A-N-O. Okay. Manny Loreno. He's a GM at a Group 1 automotive dealership, and he posts, from receptionist to back-to-back champion, 29 cars in May, hard work always pays off, outstanding job, Kim... Shays, S E A S. How would you pronounce that? Shays. I'll, I'll go with that. Says Shays. I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. Seance. Uh, but anyway, yeah. And she's holding. He's got a picture of her holding a uh, like a heavyweight championship belt. So, because I guess she was salesman of the month. Nice. Girl starts as a receptionist. In April and May, apparently back to back salesman of the month. Wow. Salesperson of the month, I should say, not salesman. Uh, but yeah, so congratulations, Kim. That's a pretty big deal. That is a big deal. All it's right. funny. I've seen a lot of people who are new to the car business who have had these outstanding months. Yeah. Well, last time uh, we got together, we talked about the guy that was a basketball coach in Oklahoma. Right. I forget his name, but yeah, he uh, his second month in the car business, he sold 27 units. Right. Here it is right here in my saved. It's uh, Coach Maple out at uh, Riverside Fort of Tulsa. If you have wins that you'd like to share with us, please post them on our Facebook page. You can find it by searching for me, John Higgins, or him, Ray West. Me. Or our uh, page is just called Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Yeah. So please, we want to hear from you. Um, So, yeah, we've seen, I've seen a lot of posts uh, regarding record months, big sales, huge wins for dealerships across the country. Uh, I can't wait to see all the final numbers. It's surprising that even here on the ninth day of the month that people are still posting how great they did in May. Uh, So I think just for the industry as a whole, great month. And we kind of talked about that last time, right? I mean, what do you do after a great month? 
So you got to work to have another great month. No, I agree. Absolutely, man. It's been uh, it's been crazy to watch all of the Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram posts of, and I'm so happy for people to have all these record months, especially, you know, for the salesmen that are doing this. That's got to be invigorating. And as you and I know, that's kind of how you get new people hooked in oh, the yeah. car business. Yeah. You give them a great month, you know, they're always chasing that. Right. Well, and there was another post I saw, speaking of current events, that said, uh, and I commented on it, that the biggest concern for any organization should be when their most passionate people become quiet. Ooh, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. When their and most passionate people, because I've been that passionate person that said, well, you just, know what? Nobody's just, listening. Screw right. it. I'm just going to do my job. Right. And uh, businesses I've consulted and in dealerships, you find those people who top performers or you know really completely ingrained and they just get frustrated and they get quiet and too often we just allow them to be quiet rather than engage and say hey man what's going on i think as managers and dealers that happens i think you and i would agree that as a business consultant traveling to these dealerships we cannot allow that to happen no we can't allow the the dealer to disengage a manager to disengage or the sales staff or even in the service department bdc right because it becomes a cancer it spreads it moves because people even though they're quiet within the organization they're not quiet amongst their close well, peer group true. And they're sharing, you know what, I've just given up. Things are never going to change and all that mentality. And, and, and it's destructive. And more often than not, it's an opportunity. I mean, these people are frustrated because they care. Right. You know, it's the people that don't give a damn that just go about their merry way. You know, whatever, I don't care. Let me just clock in and do my job, whatever. Give me a check. Right. But it's the people that care that get kind of upset and why is this happening? Why isn't there a better way? Can't we fix this? Right. And when those people clam up, you got a problem. You got a real problem. And and it goes to the dealership culture, right? I mean, that that's really on the management. Management should constantly be engaging with the, the boots on the ground to see, you know, how are things going? What are your frustrations, right? I mean, addressing the concerns because they're pervasive amongst your dealership. Well, we've talked about those one-on-ones. I think that is really, really important is to have these, uh, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, just, just sit down. You know, I mean, you yeah. can call it what you want. You can call it some kind of a mentoring session, call it a one-on-one, call it a training session. But really, the best uh, use of that time is to get the pulse of the boots on the ground. Right. Right? And to inspire your people if they want to do more i mean they wouldn't be in the car business if they didn't like you know this entrepreneurial spirit right if they didn't have this go get them attitude they they'd be doing something where they get paid the same no matter what they do all day right the people that stick in this business are the people that want to get paid a little extra for performing a little extra right you know i mean it's a very entrepreneurial business it is and we need to fuel and really manage to that aspect of people's uh, drive. I think it's a responsibility that we have as coaches, consultants, and even, you know, sales managers and dealer principals to uh, coach up those people and capitalize on that uh, that spirit that they have to do yeah. better. I know when I go into dealerships, I'll sit down specifically with 
as many of the salespeople as I can to say, hey man, how's it going? What what do you like about it here? What are some of your frustrations? Because there's no better window into the culture and the management style of that dealership other than the people who are being managed and the processes that, that are put in place in front of them. Right. I think that is an excellent segue into our topic of the day. Our topic of the day is communication. Is it? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I knew that that segued right into it. I just right. didn't know what the topic was. Okay. You either become a great communicator or you go find another job. <laughs> it, right. That, that's it. Well, I mean, that's what sales is at the end of the day. I think at its core, it is, I've heard it said this way, it's motivating someone to do something they wouldn't normally do. Okay. Right? So, you know, somebody is going to buy a new RV someday because I've always wanted an RV and I'm finally going to do it. You know, okay, they're on the path to buying an RV. Right. Why are they going to buy an RV from you today, right now, at this price? Yeah. It's because you're a salesman. Yeah. Right? Hopefully. Yeah. And uh, that's not necessarily, I I think that can have a negative connotation of, well, you're slamming somebody into a vehicle that doesn't really fit their needs and blah, blah, blah. But it can also have a connotation of you're helping this this indecisive customer move towards their own goals. Right. I mean, if they're you're if, guiding them to yeah. what they want to do. If people didn't need some guidance and help like that, then what the hell is there a whole entire industry on personal coaches for? Right. You know, why are the self help motivational books such a booming industry? It's because people need a little nudge to do what they actually want to do anyway. Right. Yeah. That that motivation. That opportunity to guide somebody and give them the permission or information in order to feel as though they're making a good decision. Okay, so if we can agree, first of all, on step zero, that sales is not a bad word. Sales isn't a four-letter word. That's a great name for a book. Sales is not a four-letter word. But yeah, so if we can agree that there can be nobility in sales and in being a sales professional... Then now let's discuss, all right, how can we be noble? How can we help the consumer? Right. I mean, we are not put in place in order to make life decisions for other people. Yeah. Right. All we have, all we are really there to do is provide them the information in order to make the best decision with a purchase that they are already intent on making. Well, I think that's a great differentiator there okay that's a great clarifying point is it's not up to the salesperson to the sales professional to decide what's a good deal for the customer right i think there are a lot of salesmen out there that were they selling a half a million dollar bugatti they would think man this is a dumb idea this guy really shouldn't be doing this right you know and, well, that's going to come through in yourself. It's not up to you to decide if a half a million dollar Bugatti is a good purchase right. or not. Or to decide, yeah, you know, 1500 bucks a month for a vehicle? That's insane. Yeah. But it might make you, sense. But yeah, right, right. But, yeah, if that's their intent, then you're going to help make sure that they get everything they want. I mean, I've said to salespeople all the time, there's, there is that intrinsic. I don't mind making a payment on a vehicle I like. Right. Right. I don't I don't love it. But if it's something that I just settled with, man, that payment gets real hard to stroke that check. 
But if it's something that, man, I love driving. I mean, we have a Jeep Grand Cherokee, right? I like that Jeep Grand Cherokee. I don't mind making my, my favorite payment vehicle on that. It's just, it's, it's a nice vehicle. It's got a lot of uh, features that we were looking for. Four-wheel drive. I mean, you know, it can go off-road. I don't take it off-road, but I know that it could go off-road, and I like that feeling. Right? I, had a, I had a family friend over the weekend talk about, well, I've been thinking about replacing my car, and I notice, you know, there's a uh, Hyundai, I don't even, what is their, I forget what their little SUV, a Tucson? Is that oh, no. it? She said, I found a Tucson for like 17 grand, and, you know, it's uh, a couple of years old, it's, I don't know what it was, 30, 60,000 miles, yeah. and I'm thinking, Number one, that sounds a little high. But number two, you could probably buy a Grand Cherokee for about the same money. And oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm giving her the sales pitch on it. I'm like, this thing, you know, you can get them loaded up. They got the leather. They got the heated, cooled seats. They got all the bells and whistles. It's like a damn Mercedes Grand Cherokee. It's just personal preference. Yeah, I feel like it's a good, uh, you know, sturdy, reliable vehicle. But it's got all the buttons and... Oh yeah, uh, it, it's it's a I'm a creature of comfort. Like right. I would rather have a uh, you know a Lincoln Town Car than a BMW M3 or something. Right, because you want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable. Absolutely, you are a man of comfort. I'm a man of comfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Judged by my attire today <laughs> and most days. But right. yeah, uh, and that that whole story just makes me think of which I've had many times is. People will come to me and say, hey, Ray, you you in the car business, you consult with the car business, you've worked in the car business. What's the real deal, right? I mean, how do I really get my best deal, right? What Uh, what should I go through? What should I do, right? Kind of how she was coming to you. Well, no, she didn't. Oh, okay. She was just telling me she was thinking about buying a Hyundai. And I'm, you know, on the outside, I'm, I'm thinking, or on the outside, I'm saying, oh, you should do what you feel comfortable doing. But on the inside, I'm going, man, you're going to screw up and that? buy that one of those yeah. when you could buy a cheap Grand Cherokee. Well, and so then that does not go to my point. But what I was thinking was in somebody approaching you. How? Which does happen all the time. You know, how of do course. I get a good deal? Or, if or they'll the send country. you a, a vehicle and a figure and go, is this a good price? Right. Does this make sense? Yeah. Is this good? What should I do? How can I get it lower? All those kind of questions. And my thinking is, if as salespeople, we can be that trusted resource, right? Hey, let me help you through the process. Now, they know that you represent the dealership and that you're trying to get a sale. But if you're providing information, right, multiple options. Hey, let me show you three you know, I mean, we were talking about before we started the podcast here today, uh, you know, let me show you kind of the numbers on a base model, a mid-level, and a, you know, high-end level on that vehicle, right? Here, you're making the decision. I'm providing you all the information. Hey, let me talk to you. Let me let me show you the invoice, right? Options. My invoice is the same as everybody else's. Oh, is that really what you... Yeah, you know, I mean, why not... Which I... am totally against showing an invoice. I have an article on our website about that, right? Right. All right. <laughs> Does no good to show it in. I think it's called, uh, uh, I forget what it's called. Let me look it up. And why? Why what? Why not show the invoice? Well, let me tell you the name of the article is uh, Value versus, oh, that's yours, Value versus Cost. Ask for the Profit. 
That's yeah. the name of my article on our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. It's called Ask for the Profit. And in that, I discuss why showing the invoice is a terrible idea, in my opinion. And can you summarize your thoughts on showing the invoice? Because nobody believes you. Nobody believes that that's the actual invoice. Nobody believes that's the actual numbers. And so then you're battling from a place of, of distrust and, and discredit. Uh, discreditability. <laughs> we can make up words. That's okay. <laughs> Especially on our podcast now, about communication. Now, we just make up words. It's, it's fine. Now you're trying to justify that, no, I'm being honest with you. This really is the invoice. No. Now you're, uh, you're having a side battle about something that's unimportant to the deal. So at any point would you show the invoice? The, I mean, you know, there's uh, a thousand different ways a negotiation can go. But are there some that you would say I, I may it's casually show? You know, if I've got a printout of their trade vehicle, and I would have a window sticker. No, I don't really think there's ever a, a I time. I mean, I, I have done it, but it's not like uh, you know, it's not like a big aha. Here you go, sir. Now I'm going to show you the actual invoice. No, I never build it up like that. I'm well, like, no. well, here's yeah. the trade thing, here's the invoice. Here's I can't the imagine sticker. that that would ever be a good way to do it. Yeah, it's is, a weird uh, thing. You must have read my article. <laughs> I'm never going to slam it in somebody's face. Oh, you think I'm lying? <laughs> Look at that. Bam. I'm right. You're wrong. Now sign here. <laughs> You, you want to try me again? Oh, you you want to go? Let's go, bro. Right, right. <laughs> no, but just to... I, I, I just, I, as a standard practice, no, I would never do it. I think... Have the, I done it before? Yes, because I'm an awesome salesman and I can get away with shit that not everybody can get away with. But no, I don't think it's a good idea. don't do it. Me, I can do it because I'm that good. Right. But you, you're going to screw it up, so don't even try. Is I that wrong it. to feel it. that way? No, no, brother. It's only from experience right. that I have those beliefs. Oh. Hey, if you if you want to see something humorous, give a rookie salesman an invoice today and say, here, go show him this and, and explain the numbers to him. Well, yeah. Because I, mean, I guarantee you they're going to screw it up. Well, and I mean, I... I I feel like and maybe it's not realistic in many of the dealerships that are out there, but I think managers should be showing numbers. Yeah, and you're not you're not down with that. No, like you said, it's unrealistic. Is it ideal? Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean yeah, like Carmax has their closer model, right? Well, yeah. I mean, where, there's where the quote a, salesman. It's is a, a mill. Yeah, no, yeah. there's no salesman. You yeah. go to step one and you talk to this person. Then, okay, you finish there. Now to step through, they just move you through this chain. Yeah. But they're, they're equivalent to salesmen are really, you know, whatever, product experts, whatever. But all they're doing is showing the vehicle. And then if you agree you like the vehicle, you go talk to a closer. Right. Well, I think the closer is the F&I guy. Right? It's basically the person who's saying, okay, so here's a vehicle. You really like that vehicle, right? So here are the numbers, and here's just sign right here. I mean, they, they start working mm, you. I'm not sure. I've I, never I, been through their process, so I'm... I, I am friends with a guy who is one of their product people or salespeople. He okay. Call, he calls himself a salesman. Right. But and how in in-depth conversations with the guy, he's not selling anything. He's 
helping you pick out a vehicle, then he's flipping you to a sales manager or a, quote, closer. Right. And then I think that guy gets you to agree to the figures, and then you go to the box. Okay. I mean, I, I could have this all I've never up. been through their process. I've only, and I've never really talked to anybody about the details of their process, yeah. but my understanding I, I, of it was it's a pretty regimented step one, step two, step three. Yeah. Oh, welcome. You know, I mean, almost like you're like a drive through car wash, That's, right? It's I irrelevant mean, to this conversation, but in a regular car dealership, right. we might equate that to a salesperson ups the people goes through the process with them when they agree that that's the car they want now you've got a floor manager or a closer or someone who's around negotiating and and perfect world scenario is they've had a early introduction right there's been a sales manager who has been engaged with that customer even just on a hey nice to meet you thank you so much for being here today i know john's going to take great care of you you know, uh, please, if there's anything I can do to help your process or your experience be better, let me know. Um, but I'm, I'm going to let John go ahead and show you the products that we have to show you or whatnot. Uh, so in, in the ideal scenario, which I feel like we should work toward, is at the end, now I'm the guy who's coming back in and going, hey, so John tells me you found one you really like. Oh, that's great. Let me go through the numbers with you. See, I would say... I'm almost there with you, Ray, but I would say they welcome them back from the test drive or when they're sitting at the desk after the test drive, you walk over and you say, hey, you know, John tells me you're going to, that you found the one you love. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put these numbers together and uh, just give John and I just a second. We'll be right back with you. And I would give John, the salesperson, the figures and then say, here you go. I trust you as a salesperson. Go present these numbers. And then hopefully, you know, the, the deal's closed, no problem, and the salesperson comes back to the tower with a signed uh, write-up sheet. Okay. I mean, the salesman has got other stuff to do. Right. He's got, uh, you know. He's busy. He's busy. <laughs> that salesman, he's, he's doing other things. He's got other things. He, he can't be trouble with a sale. <laughs> he's got numbers, more right? important things Come on, man. Have. You got salespeople in your dealership you can't trust to close the numbers? It's not that I don't trust them to. I just know what's most effective. Right. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, it would be effective to have the dealer principal closing every deal. Uh, I don't agree. Why don't we just have a Chrysler representative? I, I think that would be not reassuring, but uh, unassuring to the customer that God, you're the <laughs> owner of the dealership. <laughs> you, you don't think it'd make them feel special? Uh, I'm sure it'd make them feel real special, but geez, but they, I, they, they I don't thinking, know. What, how many cars do you sell? The hell's like going six? On here. <laughs> well, you own it and you're the salesman? Or right. Do you work on cars? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 don't see me. I'll be right back in the, in the shop he's in just a, a second. Hang on. Let me talk to this guy. Hey, he's, yeah, got a, he's got a red or a blue bandana sticking out of the back pocket of his overalls with a, with a monkey wrench hanging out. Right. I'll tell you what, sir. Look, I'm going to present the numbers. I'm going to close the deal. You ever have a problem, I'm going to change the oil. I'm going to fix your car. Right. I'm very hands-on. Open-door policy. Yep. I'm I'm the guy. (laughs) (laughs) But we digress. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we even touched on... So our our car topic topic today is our soup du jour... So in in talking about communication, one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording was agree first. I love it. Great place to start. I love it. 
And and T- tell me an example of agree first. Say you're out on the lot, somebody comes up and uh, you know, hey, I'm just looking and uh, I want to be at four hundred dollars a month. Show me what you have for four hundred dollars a month. Oh, four hundred dollars a month? Absolutely, we'd be glad to help you get you get you at four hundred dollars a month if that's what's important to you. Very good. Follow I, me. I want a two, uh, 2020 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, Ray, and I only want to pay four hundred dollars a month. If you don't have one for that, don't show me anything. Just let me know so I can leave. Oh, fantastic! Four hundred dollars a month. Yeah, we. I'm, I'm sure we can do that. Let me help you find the right one, right? What is it you were looking for in your next Jeep Grand what, Cherokee? What about this? Matter of fact, sir, what are you paying now? Uh, oh, three fifty. Why don't I get you to 350? Why oh, do you want to go up? Right. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather stay at 350? Yeah. yeah Matter of sure fact, if we could lower your payment, how would that sound to you? If I get you below 400, would that be interesting to you? Would oh, I have God. control of that customer, Ray? Yes, you would. 100%. <laughs> agree first. Communication. It is. It's all about communication, right? Why do we want to start in an adversarial role with the customer? And the other thing that I like is. You know, I think we pin we pin ourselves into uh, into difficult conversations because we ask things that we we don't need to be asking. Yeah. Right. Like, how much do you want for your trade? <laughs> right. Well, 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 why would I ever ask somebody that? Yeah. You're, you're you know, well, how much were you planning on putting down? Well, now he's giving me a number that now if I come back with something other than that, I'm a bad guy. You've right? created uh, animosity. Yeah. Right. And how much does he want to put down, John? Yeah, zero. Why? Because <laughs> that's what we advertise. That's what we advertise, right? <laughs> zero down. Zero a month. Zero interest. Zero, 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 zero. months. Right. So... I think we we put ourselves in that position of of weakness because we ask for information that at that point it has no relevance to us putting together a car deal. I agree, and I think you know it goes back to that always agree first. But I think that's why training is so important in in the sales realm and for salespeople specifically. I mean, sales managers can kind of fake it and they can kind of hide behind the tower. You know, I mean, it's, it would be a crappy sales manager that does that, that's not out interacting with customers right. and not out helping their salespeople close deals. But let's face it, that happens. But so if, if I'm a salesman, I'm not going to rely on... I mean, hopefully, if you got a great sales manager and you have, have three great ones to choose from and you're getting stuck in a bind and you can't overcome this objection, by all means, please go get that sales manager and say, hey, man, I just haven't heard this objection before. Or, right. I, you know, I've tried my three rebuttals and they're not working. Could you give it a shot? Right. But if you have that sales manager that's sitting on the tower and just, you know, going, well, I don't guess you have anything then if you can't close it. Right. Well, then it's up to you to make your own income. And that's the sad thing is, you know, how many times do you see those sales managers where the salesman comes to them and says, man, I'm having a tough time with this customer. Well, you you need me to get somebody? You want to split the deal? Let me go get you a real salesman to go out there, right? I mean, well, they come at it from that, that negative standpoint rather than, yeah, man, let me help, right? Well, well I, I just think, going back to my point is that Training is so important because that doesn't come natural to everyone uh, to, you know, have that overcoming objections mentality. Right. But even if it does, you don't always have those, you know, uh, snappy responses, those rebuttals, unless you're constantly training on them. Right. I mean, I've forgotten more 
Then <laughs> you remember. Well, then, my, <laughs> then mo, uh, not to be cocky, but I've forgotten more rebuttals than most salespeople know. Right. I mean, most sales. God, I can't tell you how many sales managers I've dealt with across the country that couldn't close a barn door. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they got promoted because of who they knew or because of their longevity at the dealership right. or because they sold 11 a month when everybody else sold eight. eight right. You know? Yeah. Which, but, but they never, you know. Or they, they played the politics well, whatever. Yeah. But they could name two sales trainers, you know? Yeah. Or they said, oh, where'd you get your training? Well, I went through GM's training course. You know, I'm certified. I'm, I'm Ford Master certified. Well, let me tell you, brother, that does yeah. not make you a salesman. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think it's very important. I mean, podcasts like these, hopefully, are a resource like yes. that. Because we, we will take all of these uh, books that we've read on sales and yeah. salesmanship and objections and rebuttals. and, and Experience. We'll, yeah, we'll research. Boil it down for you. Right, the things that we've heard, the fa- things we've seen work. Right, I mean, we we've both been in most areas of the dealership. I think between the two of us, we've sat in almost every seat in the dealership. Yeah, and and, and I think one thing I've always said between us about this podcast is I want there to be three or four or five or six concrete things that somebody can listen to this podcast, this one episode. And I want there to be a few things in here that, you know, one-liners or practices or principles that they can go put in place tomorrow and make more money tomorrow. Okay. So we're drawing to the end of this episode. What what are some of the concrete takeaways? Well, I think we've had several in here. I think always agree first. I think putting yourself in a position of partnership with the customer, not adversarial. Right. Uh, Yes, we can. Absolutely. No problem. I'd be happy to. Yeah. You know, these things, when you're faced with the, this is the problem. And and train. Yes. And do your own training. Yeah. Be responsible for your own success. Right. But yeah, just going back to kind of reedify, it's kind of, I've seen it a lot across the country where a customer comes in and says, hey, I'm looking for a new SUV and I'd like to be under $300 a month. And the salesman oh, goes, man. oh, man, I don't, there's no way. I mean, what? On a how, new one, do you know much, what those things cost? Yeah, how much down? Yeah, right. Look, look sir, you take the $60,000 and divide it by 72. At even zero. At, even at zero percent, you're not at 300. Right. That's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to the sales manager. Well, what do you have? What's that guy want? Oh, dumbass wants three hundred a month. Oh, uh, a new SUV. Yeah. And oh, the sales God. manager's agreeing with the guy, right. going, "Well, go find a customer because well, that's nothing." And more often than not, why are the salespeople responding in that way? <laughs> because they know what they're going to hear when they go to the desk, or, or the guy training them felt that way. Right. Yeah. Right. So rather than really trying to put together a deal with this person, they're going to be one more in the line of people that they've dealt with who have said, wow, now, that's ridiculous. Now, the good news is, if you're not like that, it's so freaking easy in the world right now as it is. I don't think it'll always be this way. But it's so easy to be better than your competition. Yeah. Because that's the kind of crap that the customer is dealing with. Well, and I was listening to a podcast yesterday. And I think the value of an appointment, the value of following the process. I the, think this know. is way off in left field. It is, so whatever. 
All right, Ray. Well, I think we've come to the end of another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. I yes, certainly want to thank you for being a part of it. And and thank you, John. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I appreciate you, and uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Thank yes. you so much. Please join us again. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.